Welcome to The Gaggle, an AZ Central podcast where we chat with reporters and experts to keep you fully informed on the state's political news. I'm Yvonne Winget Sanchez, and I cover national politics for the Arizona Republic. And I'm Ron Hansen. I am a national political reporter covering Congress in Arizona. Today, we're talking Trump and McCain, specifically why Trump can't stop talking about the late senator. I was never a fan of John McCain, and I never will be. I love John McCain. Uh, John McCain is an American hero. Uh, This state reveres John McCain, uh, and his family deserves respect by everybody. We're joined by Dan Nowicki, who should sound familiar to some of you gaggle old-timers. Right. Uh, So Dan is the Arizona Republic's national political editor. He's also covered McCain for, what, about 18, 19 years? Um, Uh, Yeah, not continuously, but basically about 20 years. Right. Uh, So this includes the the beginning of the battle between uh, John McCain and Donald Trump back in 2015. Dan, what kick-started this back and forth between the senator and, and the president? Well, as you remember, Trump announced his presidential bid back in June of 2015. Uh, He was in New York coming down the escalator, famous image. He uh, gave a speech that was very controversial, and he called uh, Mexicans coming up uh, across the border rapists. Uh, He said they were bringing crime and drugs across the border, and he also said, quote, some I assume are good people. Shortly after that, I spoke to McCain, who was having an event in Mesa, and I asked him about those comments, and uh, McCain's reaction was actually pretty subdued. Uh, you know, he said, he, but he specifically said he disagreed with Trump's comments about uh, the Mexicans. So fast forward a month or so forward to July of 2015, Trump was heading to downtown Phoenix for a rally uh, that both you and I were <laughs> preparing to cover. Right, we were both there. We wrote an article about how different politicians felt about Trump's run for the presidency. And I remember us quoting everyone from Governor Doug Ducey to then U.S. Senator Jeff Flake, Senator John McCain. And that article ended up being quite a touchy little point in this history between the two. Yeah, it did. Uh, McCain started to distance himself from Trump in a, in a very real way with that article. Uh, One of Trump's staffers actually read him that article on the way from the airport to the event, and Trump did not take kindly to McCain distancing himself. During the rally uh, in downtown Phoenix, when Trump starts getting fired up, he starts talking about how there are incompetent politicians all over, including in Arizona. And uh, there was already a strong contingent of anti-McCain voters in Arizona, and it really played well to that crowd. Uh, He said he thought that against the right candidate, McCain could be defeated. But there was another article that inadvertently stoked some of the fire between these two as well, wasn't there? Right. It really exploded after that. Uh, McCain was talking to the New Yorker. I'm not really sure if McCain actually wanted to pick this fight, but he said that Trump's performance was very hurtful to him because, in McCain's words, he fired up the crazies. And that kind of made Trump go ballistic. Trump went on Twitter, demanded an apology, called McCain a dummy. Uh, he called for McCain to be defeated in his primary, uh, which was interesting because he was running against Kelly Ward at the time, and she's a hardline Trump supporter. Uh, after that is really when it exploded. Uh, Trump went to Iowa. He, you know, he talked about uh, he was asked about McCain and being a war hero, and that's when he made the the, the notorious comment about uh, 
McCain was a war hero because he was captured, but you know he likes people who don't get captured. So for a lot of people, that seemed to be the comment that really crossed the line, right? Yeah, I think so, right? That's People were saying this was it for Trump at the time. This was the first of many examples of, you know, Trump was finished because, you know, the American people wouldn't stand for that sort of thing. And as we saw over and over again, Trump got away with a lot of things that almost any other politician would not be able to get away with. And McCain, if I recall correctly, he, he it wasn't that he was unbothered by the criticisms, but he wouldn't necessarily defend himself, right? A lot of his friends and associates and colleagues would would, would rush to his defense. Right. Actually, almost all of Trump's uh, presidential GOP rivals defended McCain. They all put out statements defending him. McCain himself told me that uh, he was uh, not personally offended. He's in the arena, and so he gets hit all the time. He said he was kind of felt bad about the other POWs who didn't kind of deserve that treatment. Uh, McCain also told me at the time that he was really taken aback by, by the fury of Trump's response to him. And that's something we also see time and time again, sort of like Trump will uh, hit you back with, you know, 10 times the pressure that you may have hit him with. So how would this dynamic play out once Trump was in the White House? Well, the, the, the classic example of, of the dynamic came in during the vote to repeal uh, Obamacare. It was actually a, called the skinny repeal. It was a Senate GOP effort to roll back key parts of the law. Uh, McCain had just gotten his brain cancer diagnosis, uh, and when he actually came time to, to vote, he paused, stuck his arm out, and gave it the big thumbs down. Uh, this really angered Trump, uh, who's continuing to vent his frustrations about that vote even now, seven months after McCain died. So speaking of now, uh, this rivalry seemed to be gone for some time after the senator's passing last summer, but the president went back to it, renewed it um, in recent days. Uh, tell us about that, because he'd been sort of quiet about Senator McCain uh, after his death. Uh, Yvonne, you broke the news for this, uh, uh, for the Republic. Why is McCain's name back in rotation? Well, it seems to uh, be rooted, at least this most recent round, in this salacious dossier that involved President Trump that was published by BuzzFeed News in 2016. And if you recall, the dossier contained unverified information that, among other things, alleged that Russia had some compromising information on Trump. And that dossier was was um, turned over to the FBI and was being used as part of the uh, Mueller report, uh, the, the Mueller investigation into uh, these claims. It turns out that the dossier was actually circulated to the media by David Kramer. Kramer uh, had known John McCain since his State Department days, and he was also involved and remains involved with the McCain Institute for International Leadership. And uh, we know from recently unsealed documents, which include a deposition of Kramer, that John McCain uh, dispatched Kramer to travel to England to meet with a former British spy who helped compile uh, this dossier. And upon his return back to the United States, uh, Kramer met with McCain. Some of these details we, we did know about. McCain turned the dossier over to the FBI for further investigation. 
uh, not knowing whether or not the allegations were true or false or, you know, maybe some were true, maybe some are false. Uh, and then Kramer began meeting with uh, different reporters in Washington, D.C. He um, met with a BuzzFeed reporter. He met with uh, Carl Bernstein, met with a number of folks. And in the end, uh, the dossier ended up being published and became uh, known to everyone. With the unsealing of, of this deposition, it became clear to everyone that it was indeed a McCain associate who uh, distributed the dossier to the media. However, it was not McCain himself. But Trump began kind of tweeting uh, about uh, the investigation being a witch hunt and the dossier being le leaked by uh, McCain associates and this kind of this fury over McCain and his potential involvement in the dossier uh, kind of culminated in his most emotional and really his lengthiest attack against McCain in, in recent months in which Trump said, you know, he never even got a thank you card for uh, helping put on uh, McCain's funeral. I don't care about this. I didn't get thank you. That's okay. We sent him on the way. The president's comments were naturally met with condemnation, especially on the left. A lot of people came uh, riding to the uh, rescue of the reputation of Senator McCain. But there was also condemnation from fellow Republicans. Uh, folks like Senator Johnny Isaacson from Georgia called Trump's comments deplorable. So that word was back in the lexicon for a few days. And we've also seen uh, with Senator Lindsey Graham, uh, who also sort of uh, stood a stood up for John McCain in conversations with the president recently, uh, trying to uh, make him understand that the senator had not personally uh, gone out of his way to uh, make the dossier something that would be uh, uncomfortable for the president. But what was the reaction like here in Arizona? The Arizonans that I think people were most closely watching um, really came down to one person, and that was Senator Martha McSally. As you know, she's the Republican who now uh, holds the seat that McCain held for, uh, was elected to at least for six terms. McSally's response to this was, at first, silence, and then um, finally to kind of stay squarely in the middle of the road. She did not condemn Trump's comments, but she did come out and pretty forcefully praise McCain. She tweeted that McCain is an American hero, and later, we learned during a, a press gaggle with her out at Luke Air Force Base that she had actually called President Donald Trump and asked him um, to, you know, take into account how Arizonans feel and how she feels about John McCain. She called him a hero. She says Arizonans really revere this man. And she, uh, when asked... What was his response to you? She, all she would say is, he heard me. What we didn't know is that earlier that day he had taped something with uh, an interview with Fox News and he lit into McCain again. It's been quiet since then. And that was a very strategic response on McSally's part. Uh, she's up for election in 2020. Uh, Trump will also be on the ticket in Arizona. Uh, I mean, everybody knows uh, he criticized Trump even if you're a Republican. Uh, he's going to slam you. Um, McSally certainly doesn't want to risk getting on his bad side uh, before the election. 
Right. And it seems like that's especially true here in Arizona, where uh, Senator Flake uh, seemed to be on the president's bad side. And we know how that story turned out. Um, we're going to expect to see a lot of the president in Arizona in the next year and a half. Uh, this is a state that is considered a swing state. It's also uh, a state that is, factors heavily into the president's agenda, the, the messaging on immigration and border security and such obviously has a very strong Arizona component to it. And uh, it just seems like it's a pretty safe bet that Arizona will be uh, an obsession for the president looking ahead. And it's important to remember that there's a lot of unrest uh, in the Arizona GOP electorate. Uh, When uh, Martha McSally was running for the Senate in 2018, uh, one of the reasons she lost is because uh, she was not embraced by a lot of Republicans. She turned them off by uh, aligning herself so closely with Trump. And, and that's, that's a, it's a risk for Trump as well to, uh, you know, attack McCain, attack Jeff Flake. You know, those are two big names in Arizona who have a lot of Republican supporters here. And so uh, nonetheless, you know, McCain had to deal with uh, his critics on the right in Arizona for, for years and years. And you know, if Trump brings up McCain on stage, uh, mentions them, that's going to resonate with the anti-McCain voters no matter what. Uh, and uh, for the voters who are already hostile towards Trump, that will only fan the flames, which is, you know, particularly dangerous for McSally. How could it be dangerous for her? Well, Republicans there in Arizona had a pretty bad year in uh, 2018. Uh, they lost a Senate seat that uh, hadn't been won by a, a Democrat in 30 years. Uh, Kelly Ward, who is a one-time opponent of John McCain. Uh, She lost her 2016 primary challenge to him. Now runs the Arizona Republican Party. Uh, Ward is a uh, hardline Trump supporter. Um, She's she's totally in line with the Trump agenda. Uh, So all of a sudden, McSally not only has to worry about uh, supporting Trump uh, so she doesn't isolate him, but she needs to make sure she's not isolating uh, the Trump supporters in Arizona. And so she kind of needs to play both sides a little bit. she can't alienate the the McCain fans and the and the the Jeff Flake fans from that wing of the party, uh, and she can't anger the uh, right wing either. It's kind of a uh, difficult balancing act. Okay, so uh, John McCain has passed. Now the information on the dossier is more fully known. Should we expect to hear more about Donald Trump weighing in on John McCain as the election unfolds, or do you think this is the end of it? No, I don't think so, because uh, in many ways now McCain is the perfect political foil for Trump. I mean, you know, anyone who's watched Trump uh, over time knows he loves political foils. He needs somebody to be attacking all the time. It was Hillary Clinton. Uh, now it's John McCain. It's always somebody. It, sometimes it's the media, right, the uh, enemy of the people in his view. Um, so if, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're, for McCain, it's almost like, you know, I don't think Trump's going to really hurt his legacy. He's going to burnish McCain's legacy a little bit. But Trump really can't go wrong because so many of his uh, people in his base are people who already disliked McCain for one reason or the other. So can you give us a sense of what this might mean for McCain's legacy? Yeah, well, M- McCain now is really... Uh, the ideal of the anti-Trump uh, uh, Republican voter, right? Um, even if he was, he, w- he wasn't even that when he was alive. Actually, he was a much more nuanced 
Um, but in a way, Trump's continued focus on McCain only makes that part of his legacy stronger. He's kind of like the guy who stood up to Trump. He's the guy who got under Trump's skin, and uh, Trump couldn't, uh, couldn't stop talking about him even months after he was dead. Well, Dan, thanks so much for coming in. I know you are busy, busy, busy. <laughs> That's it for today. Gaggle listeners, if you have any questions, reach out to me on Twitter at Yvonne Winget. You can follow me at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. And I'm on Twitter at Dan Nowicki. That's N-O-W-I-C-K-I. Gaggle listeners, we want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on the show, the state of politics, our coverage? Do you have any tips? You want to chime in on what you think we should be talking about? If so, use the hashtag TheGagglePod. We'll be sure to reply. And if you like the show, please subscribe and leave a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Your support is what makes it possible for us to do this each week. Today's episode was edited and produced by Taylor Seeley, Katie O'Connell, and Kayla White. Thanks again. We'll be back next Wednesday.